Good morning, campers. I, Susan Check, am on a boat on a lake. Or am I? Susan, why have you come here? Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Don't tell them. Act normal. Gosh, campers, what a season it's already been. Everything that's happened this year. I don't know one side from the other. We're moving on though, aren't we? Last week's monster, was that even real? Did I... fight it? Did I... kill? No, I can't think that. That was another life. I'm all better now. You know something, campers? I think I might let Camp Counselor Duncan take care of things around here this week. Him and... Emily. They'll do it. They'll take care of everything. Does he love her? More than me? Susan. Susan. Susan! Duncan. 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 Wait, is he? Did I? Is this... Blood? On my hand? I sit here and I... I can't believe this camp is real. And yet I have to believe it. Dreams or nightmares? Madness or sanity? I don't know which is which. Susan, stay safe and stay alive. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast. I am one of your hosts, Robin Zlotnick. Hey, I'm the other host, uh, Thuit Nguyen, you can call me Yet. and our guest today is my long-distance friend that I see in person once every two to three years or so, uh, the very funny Judah Friedlander. Hi, Judah. Hello, thank you, uh, and thank you for having me on your really cool podcast. I don't do a lot of these, so this is fun for me. Oh, thank you so much for thank coming you on. For we being really, here. Yeah, we appreciate it. Uh, Judah, what have you been up to in the last 12 to 24 months? Yes. So, uh, <laughs> normally when there's not a pandemic, I'm touring doing stand-up comedy or I'm at home in New York City doing stand-up comedy pretty much every night. And when I'm on the road, I usually do about, oh, about a 70 to 90 minute set. And when I'm in the city... I usually do two to four shows a night, but each show is about 15 minutes. Um, so during the pandemic, I've been doing online shows on Zoom, which I didn't know existed before the pandemic. <laughs> and I have the shows interactive, so I can still do crowd work and lots of new material. And uh, so, you know, my act is uh, jokes, crowd work, satire. All on, you know, basically fighting for human rights and satirizing the state of the nation, the state of the world, and all its corruption and oppression of human rights and, and all that stuff. So heavy topics, but comedy. Sounds um, hilarious. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so I'm doing about two to three of those a week. And I usually do about a 90-minute or longer set. And, and you've been doing all, those like all pandemic, I've noticed, right? Like you've been like pretty consistently. Yeah, you know, it's I'm not doing shows at venues just yet. I'm I'm just starting to look into that stuff, but I'm not doing that just yet. So I'm still doing the online shows. Um, 
Yeah, they're all pay what you want, and uh, each show is like 90 minutes to two hours. That's great. Very How cool. can we find out that information about uh, on your... Well, I'm really unorganized, so <laughs> if my website's updated, judahfriedlander.com will have the info. And then on Twitter and Instagram, every week I post when my shows are. And that's uh, on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at Judah World Champ. So that's J-U-D-A-H World Champ. Very cool. How are you finding the Zoom shows? They work great, you know. Um, and in some ways, it's almost more intimate than performing at a venue because there's no distraction from uh, a bar or, right. um, you know, you're not being forced to buy two overpriced drinks. Um, <laughs> you don't have to worry about um, people who are loud and drunk sitting in front of you or next to you. And instead of, like, me, like, seeing everyone in the venue where we're at, I'm actually seeing into people's homes. So so it's actually really cool. Um, so the the shows are really good. They're actually surprisingly intimate um so it 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 works it's definitely it's a little different but it's also almost exactly the same um but uh yeah very cool you know it's interesting that you mentioned the sort of uh psychological view into a person's home uh (laughs) (laughs) because i feel like i feel like so smooth (laughs) that would be a great way to segue into the movie that we're watching this week yeah you just just softballed it to me that was perfect um yes <laughs> this week we watched let's scare jessica to death the 1971 film co-written and directed by john d hancock it stars zora lampert as jessica who has recently been released from a psychiatric institution and uh moves in with her husband and their friend to a spooky old house in connecticut uh, as one does. Um, Is that why you moved to Connecticut? <laughs> yeah. Everyone always moves to Connecticut and lives in a spooky house. Um, after a mental break. <laughs> no, <laughs> just, just kidding about that last part. Um, uh, of course, things start getting spooky real fast, thanks to a mysterious uh, squatter and a town potentially full of vampires. It's a very gothic, kind of lyrical movie that uh, I found very interesting and wonderful um, because you never really find out what's true and what's not, um, what happened and what didn't. So my first question to both of you is, I feel like the title, Let's Scare Jessica to Death, promises a very different movie than what you ultimately get when you watch it. So I'm wondering if you how you felt the first time you watched the movie, what your history with that is, what you thought you were going to watch, and, you know, how it squared with the actual movie. Uh, I did sort of cheat a little bit. This was the... I watched it for the first time for this podcast, um, and I did read a little synopsis of it before. So, uh, and the synopsis, like, the basic synopsis always kind of uh, um, alludes to a possible vampire story. And so I was expecting, like, a very kind of straightforward like vampire story and I kind of kept waiting for that to come Mm. um and it didn't and you're right the title is like a little kooky right the title kind of sounds like one of these like modern satirical like like meta horror movies yeah I first came upon this movie I I don't know I'm guessing 20 some years ago 
and it was on regular TV late at night, and I'm just kind of flicking the channels, and I come into it not knowing what it is, sort of somewhere mid-movie, and I was like, oh, this is legitimately scary and creepy. Like, yeah. there's not really any gore, but it really, it's scary. And it's like, because the, the, the lead character, Jessica, you know, she keeps thinking she's seeing these ghosts or are they vampires or something. And then, you know, her, I guess it's her husband, I think, and and friend are like, you know, we think you're uh, maybe, you know, you need to get back to New York and go back to the mental institution. Maybe you're so it's like you, you just don't know. And but I, I kind of think like Jessica's right. You know, it's like 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 these the, the everyone thinks like, oh, she's crazy. But I'm like, no, nah, I think she's right. She's really seeing vampires and you guys are really in danger. So it's almost like gaslighting. It's almost like totally like 20 yeah. years ago. I would never even heard of that term gaslighting. But you watch it now and you're like, oh, so this is like so, so it makes it almost even scarier than many horror movies you see where you're like, oh, you know, here's the crazy, you know, uh, boogeyman who's who's trying to get you. Uh, but here you're like, well, I don't know. People are, everyone's saying it's nothing. Yeah. Yeah. It's 100%. I had yeah. um, the same sort of thing where I, I think I had heard of the title of the movie before, but hadn't watched it. And I, for the entire movie, was expecting the other shoe to drop. And for for Me it to too. come out that, that her husband and the friend had been planning this whole thing or that you know, the whole town was in on it somehow and we're trying to make her look crazy. And then when the ending happens and you just don't know <laughs> what's real, I was like, oh, this movie is legit. <laughs> like, this is yeah. terrifying. I, I felt very similarly because it was like, yeah, you it, it's so good at leading you on and leading you on and leading you on and leading you on. And then it like gets into this cool circular movie where it's like, it like kind of goes back to the beginning and you're like, I don't, what the hell just happened? But it was yeah. absolutely like, I think that the continuous lead on is also kind of what makes it so scary, right? Um, yeah. and outside from just the tone of the movie, soundtrack is incredible. Uh, the acting is very good. Uh, the, the, but the whole movie is like mood. It's all mood and it's really messed up that they don't tell you what is real. <laughs> well, I, I think that's, you know, it's almost like life, you know, and, and if you think about it, it in the movie, it's first of all, the movie was was came out in 1971. So, and, and it's basically uh, a few people. Probably they were, you know, fairly well off financially, uh, living in Manhattan, uh, and probably at least one or two of them a little hippie-ish would be the term I think mm -hmm. at the time. Absolutely, yeah. And uh, they're moving into some dinky little small town, you know that. And they even what's interesting, they even refer to it in the movie uh, where, when they meet one of the people in the town who years ago lived in the city. I think it was the antique shop owner. And yes. he says, oh, yeah, a lot of uh, you city folk, you you move out here after a while to escape uh, the, the city life, you know. Yeah. And in a lot of these towns, you know, I mean, even look at it today, like small town America versus big city America. And then you, you look at that cultural dynamic, politically, economically, you know, so so that alone can be scary. You know, like just they're like there's a scene where they're first going into town 
and it's all old guys, and mm-hmm. they're all just staring at them, and then being kind of aggressive towards yeah. them, like Weird. kind of like almost th- kind of threatening violence. So even if you didn't think there might be any kind of a a vampire situation going on, <laughs> that's still a scary scenario. So right. so it's like kind of scary either way, and. I just love how the movie uses so much, as you were saying, with like the visuals and then also with the audio, so much with sound and and how it um, really just provides this 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 mood throughout the whole thing and and just general just creepiness well like with with all with pretty much no gore but yet it's and i don't there's not even hardly any yelling in the movie i don't even know if there is yelling in the movie it's still scary you know Hello, my name is Bob Vander from the Connecticut Tourism Board, and I wanted to take a brief moment from this obviously hilarious and fun podcast that you should definitely head on over to Apple Podcasts and write a five-star review about to tell you that not all of Connecticut is haunted. Just so you know, most of it. We have beautiful beaches, parks, and we put clams on pizza. The state of Connecticut can neither confirm nor deny the number of apparitions associated with pizza. So, as we say here in the nutmeg state, yeah, someone probably died there. There's a little bit of like a, a hysterical Jessica moment, right? Towards the Jessica. end when she's like in the, uh, when she's in bed with her husband and she's like, yes, yeah. yes, 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 yes. It's a hard theater acting for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. In that scene. But it's good. It's so yeah. good. Uh, I had a I had a badge that was the the bad vibes badge <laughs> that I wanted to award the film for whether like intentionally or not really setting that mood for bad vibes just across the board like I mean those <laughs> townspeople that are all old men right away is weird they show up in a hearse that's weird they leave like the comfort of the city that's weird you know she's like coming down off of this like mental breakdown and she's like trying to um, you know escape to the country which is fine but also that just feels like. Like, oh, this can't end well. <laughs> you know, like, there's it's a, like a creepy it's fairy iso- operator. <laughs> creepy fairy operator? Yeah, totally. I also had, actually, this is um, probably a related badge, probably a companion badge, which is the uh, fishing badge for like all of the red herrings. Because, <laughs> like, every single scene was like a red herring. Yeah. Like, and it all just like makes you question what's you know, what Jessica is, is making up in her head and what's actually real. And like, and some of the things that you think can't possibly be real end up being real somehow. Like that, that ghost girl, you know, who you see a couple times and then she runs away. Yeah. And then all of a sudden they're like tackling her in a field. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, she actually is there. Yeah. I loved how confusing that was. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That, that, I, yeah, I, that's one thing I like about the movie where it's like, I really think Jessica is not crazy. You know, she's like, you know, like, like, I really think, yes, all all these things that these these myths, these things they allude to are actually real with the vampires and all. Because why things. would all the old men be wearing bandages? See, <laughs> I did think she was crazy. I, I, at the end of it, I thought that the I thought that she, 
like especially when uh it shows her like killing her husband you know and he's like in the water um i was like oh this is kind of like a psychological thriller where it was her all along and she is like i mean i wasn't like super i wasn't convinced that they were really vampires i really that part i definitely thought was like in her head isn't technically everyone in the town a vampire though <laughs> in yeah i think i mean so. anyone who's yeah. bitten by a vampire They're supposed to be a becomes vampire, a vampire right, right. That's, what yeah, I, yeah, that's yeah. what i assumed yeah right so basically everyone's a vampire yeah but what i thought was interesting about these vampires is that emily abigail whatever the hundred year old vampire is lady the squatter yeah, yeah the squatter <laughs> um uses a knife to cut them open and then drinks their blood yeah she doesn't oh, bite right. them like a vampire yeah, yeah and there's no fangs in the movie. There's right, no yeah. and the movie. they also are all, like, hanging out in the daytime. Like, it doesn't stick to vampire right, lore. It doesn't right. stick to traditional vampire lore. It's just another, like, unsettling Yeah, they're just detail. weird small townspeople is kind of what I thought. But it was weird that it was, the town was all older men and then, like, two young women. There was, yeah. like, yeah. no all in old, between. All old white dudes. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Terrifying, basically. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I Let have tell a, you. Yes. a badge for the sound going back to what you mentioned before, Judah, because it like blew my mind the second time that I watched the movie, uh, how much the sound contributed mm-hmm. to the like feeling of like total Jessica. like disorientation. <laughs> yeah, like, there was e- the, there was like <laughs> her inner monologue, which I thought was so well done and like her narration and then like all the voices that she's hearing. But then there are like little tiny things like there's a scene where she's upstairs in the window looking down on her husband and Emily and she's like suspicious of them, you know, um, and he gets in the car and then Emily talks to him and she's hearing the conversation, but it sounds like they're right there. It doesn't sound like they're far away. Right, right, It doesn't right, sound right. like they're, you know, down a flight of stairs. And you're like, okay, so she's probably making up this entire conversation. That's a great observation. And I think it, it also, this film is not filmed in the kind of cookie cutter way movies are filmed today. Right. Where it's, you know, you watch so many movies or TV shows and you can't tell who directed it. There's no personal style to it, you know, and, and this movie is, you know, you're not going to see the, the exact same camera angles and, and, and also, like you said, like, you know, doing something interesting with the sound. Yes. Yeah. It is John D. Hancock's directorial debut. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But when he got the script, it was initially conceived. It was a completely different film originally. Um, the original script was supposed to be a satirical horror film about a group of hippies uh, preyed upon uh, by a monster in the lake. And the original title was It Drinks Hippie Blood. Which, like, to be fair, I would like to see that movie. As I would also watch movie. that movie. <laughs> I would totally watch It Drinks Hippie Blood. Absolutely. I think that, that someone like should make that movie. That sounds like a low-budget kind of exploitation film. Right. Yeah. And totally. I think that maybe that was great. the kind of way yeah. they were going. Uh, but then uh, Hancock got his hands on it and was like, I will do this, but I'm going to change everything in this movie. Um, he kept a few things from the original, but he really turned it into this much more serious, thematic, creepy, like, horror movie that it is. And I think that's fantastic. And, and I especially a lot of theater actors that he'd yeah. worked with before. Like, I felt like all the performances were so good. Yeah, the, the lead actor, she's she's very strong and yeah. uh, really, really carries it. You know? um, I had a badge for, for the, the lead performance, and that's the Unreliable Narrator badge. Absolutely. So good. And I feel like it's really kind of different 
from the, like a, a regular unreliable narrator because she questions her own sanity the entire oh, time. Yeah. And you're just like right there with her. I also like that there are some things that happen in the movie that the characters take as totally normal. And I, looking at it, I'm like, wait, what? Why would anyone do that? You know, and and yet, I don't know. So there's something classic about movies where, I mean, sometimes when the characters do dumb things, you know, you're like, all right, this movie sucks. This is stupid. <laughs> but right. then sometimes you're like, you know what? This is perfect. They really needed to do something stupid there. And now we're in a, a great horror movie situation. What was something normal in the film that seemed weird to you? Here's one. Um, well, for, first of all, a couple things. So I guess Jessica and her husband bought this house. And they're bringing along a friend, I guess, because there's a farm there, too. And they're going to yeah, try to right. get the farm going. But none of them have ever farmed. It sounds like <laughs> they don't know anything about farming. No. And it sounds like Jessica's never even seen the house before. I don't even know if the husband has seen the house before. <laughs> right. It seems like they somehow just bought a house. Yes. That's furnished. <laughs> And they're and they've all they've all in 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 the in part of the movie they talk about how they've given up their jobs so they have no money so their only way to get money in the meantime is to try to sell things they find in the house. <laughs> like is, I've never heard of anyone buying I'm, a house I'll be in a totally furnished, <laughs> and their plan is to just start a garage sale and. <laughs> Take stuff That's very from the true. house yeah. to the local antique yeah. shop and see if they want to buy it. Yeah, They're not even doing a garage sale. They're just trying to sell it to someone else to sell it. Yeah. So, so that was weird. I thought, and then, <laughs> and then just like like you know, they're driving a hearse. They they have a hearse that they drive, and apparently that's because that was a cheaper thing to buy. Right. And then <laughs> like along the way, they're driving by a cemetery. Jessica's yeah. first instinct. <laughs> One, she's just elated that she sees a cemetery. Most people don't. Like, I don't right. I don't have a problem with cemeteries, but a lot of people get creeped out by cemeteries. But I used to live basically across the street from a cemetery, from, from a cemetery for years, so I was never, like, I was always kind of used to that. But um, Did you ever uh, go into a grave, like, headstone rubbings? I don't think I and did then, that, but the, yeah, but she does that. She and then does decorate the, your bedroom. She does with that and decorates her bedroom with, <laughs> right. with people's right. headstones. Right, and then so so most people don't do that, and then uh, <laughs> and then when they get to the house, and, and I think at this point in the movie, you already know that Jessica was in a mental institution. Right, and then you know, when they get to the house, you see some some like figure move upstairs, and it's like a scary moment in the movie. You know, as a viewer, you're thinking Jessica's seeing things again. Right. And then immediately her husband is like, he goes, I saw it. So you're like, oh, okay. So this is not Jessica being crazy. This is something she actually saw. And there actually is someone there. And then there's like a, a very tense moment where they try to chase and find this person. And then the, the person says they're, they've just been squatting and living there. And then Jessica <laughs> and her husband just decide... Well, just she should just stay there. Yeah, I don't think most people would buy a house sight no. unseen, completely furnished, and then it actually comes with someone living in it, and you're just cool with that person living in it. I think it was well, that Jessica was trying so hard to be cool about everything, and I think she was the one who suggested that. She, yeah, because she, she was like, I think she was really trying to balance herself, and especially because it seems like her relationship with her husband, because her husband seems overall very supportive right like he quit his job so that they could move to the country 
seemingly for her health. Oh, that's right. I forgot that. Right. Right. right yeah. Because he because he played a he was a, played with the New York Philharmonic. And I do like that scene, that early scene that you mentioned, Judo, where he's like, I saw that too, just to reassure her. Because I think, you know, as the partner of someone who has been going through this like really traumatic series of events in her life, I think he understood that like how she would react to that. And that was like kind of a nice moment to show that he was like a good like a good partner and a good husband. But I will say, yeah, the, a lot of that outside of that did not make any sense. <laughs> also, this movie predates like when well, like when the movie Halloween came out, which I believe was late seventies. Yeah. And then you had that, you know, sort of heyday of of horror films in, in the in the early eighties. Yeah. Know. This predates that as a not just you know by time, but but uh, culturally, it yeah we didn't have quite entered into slasher era yet. So I think like yeah. in this movie, in this world, these characters don't have anything to be afraid of, right? Uh, right. And there's just this sort of safe-looking woman who's been squatting in the house that they just bought, <laughs> and everyone is very, very chill with that. Yeah. Chill with that and chill with her like lack of backstory. And <laughs> she they're like, How long have you been here? And she's like, Oh, for ages. And they yeah. just accept that. Yeah. And move on. You're right. Yeah, they know nothing about her. Yeah. yeah. And this is just because she's like a safe looking white woman. <laughs> Could be. <laughs> I thought she was immediately creepy. You know, she did sort of have a she had a good like kind of possible vampire look, right? Totally. Also right? just her just her confidence level. It, mm-hmm. It's like it's like you're in a house that people already bought, so you're not the owner. <laughs> and you're completely confident, just like she always felt at home. Like she never felt like, oh, maybe I'm intruding. You know, it just it was like very comfortable. Yeah. You know? yeah. Yeah, yeah. Just slid right in there. The blonde woman by the the, the river there, the, mm-hmm. the water there. What was the backstory on that character again? Because I'm not quite remembering. I don't think there was one. And I think I read that that was like a character and a scene that was like left over from the, the original script that he was like, I don't really know what's, why that's in there. I thought the, there, antique, but... the antique dealer said some story about a girl who drowned and she still haunts the area. I think that's supposed to be Emily, like the, the, like the okay, vampire. So I'll, yeah. See, I because thought Emily was maybe the woman... Who had just been living there for hundreds of years. I think that that story at the antique store is supposed, especially be, when they show the photo and it, it, I think it is her in the photo. Oh, it's Emily, you mean? Yeah, it's Emily in okay, the photo. Uh, at, at the very least, I'm pretty sure it's the actor in the photo dressed right, to look right, a little right. bit different. Is that the same one when uh, Jessica's up in the attic and she's looking at an old photo? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yes. Okay. okay. Uh, but I will say it's all very vague and this is just what I think they're trying to do. <laughs> right, 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 right. <laughs> it's somehow because everything was so nonsensical in a way, like I yeah. still, like I liked it. I accept, I, I accepted it. Yeah. Like the whole thing, totally. I, just, I was, I was along for the ride. Whatever happened. Yeah. Totally. I was fine. Another thing that kind of like that that got me was the uh, I have a badge for it the mole mouse badge for the the creature that they find that they go oh it's a mole and it's a hundred percent a mouse <laughs> <laughs> yes and she's like it doesn't have any eyes and then the sh- they show you its eyes <laughs> and, and for a second I was like Are, is this like part of the gaslighting that's going on in the movie oh. and then I found out that they just couldn't afford a mole and so they used a mouse <laughs> instead okay okay apparently if you get the uh Shout Factory DVD or Blu-ray release. There's a director's commentary where 
the uh, director and maybe the composer have a, a heated argument about what happened with the mole in the mouth. <laughs> oh, wow. I'll have to check that out. Yeah, yeah, I haven't actually listened to it, but... Another scary moment in the movie for me is when they first go into the town. And first of all, it's just all old white dudes. Yeah. And, they're, and, and they obviously don't have jobs or nobody's working. It's like, I don't know how there's any economy in this town. <laughs> right. it, and they just surround the car. You know, it's like, it, it reminds me of like, you know, uh, you know, like the like the you know Night of Living Dead a little bit, where like they're all moving slow. These are all old oh, men, yes. but there's something just terrifying about yeah. them. Yeah. And then at one yeah. point, so they're surrounding the car, and then when Jessica's husband gets out, one of the guys who's standing right there, they don't get out of the way, so he kind of has to move around them. One of the guys just he doesn't hit him; he just takes his hand and he just sort of like pats him on the top of his head, <laughs> and. And it was like nothing that's going to hurt the guy, but it's just like sending a message where it's like, I can do anything to you and you're not going to stop me kind of a thing. It was like a dare kind of a thing. Yeah. You know, to see if he would like fight back or something. It was just like, oh, that, that was like just stuff like that. And then, and then when you, you just see these shots where it's just like all the guys have these, you know, scars on their yeah. necks. And yeah. you're like, what the fuck is going on here? <laughs> yeah. You know, and then you have to take a ferry to get there. It's like, <laughs> You can't even drive there. It's like this isolated, you know, time warp of a place. It's just terrifying. That there is something about the fact that there are all sort of older white men just slow moving that's somehow scarier than if they just like all showed up with axes, you know? Just the fact that like I don't know what's going on. Yeah, there's an all. intimidation factor. Yeah, 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 yeah. You know, Even though I could probably push them over, I don't know. Intimidation they can be scarier than a, a flat-out violent act. And in that same scene when Jessica returns to the car and they just don't get out of her way, it's like an uncomfortably long shot of her yeah. just like trying to walk around them. Yeah. Um, and it's so weird <laughs> and uncomfortable. Robin, did you think that they were vampires or did you think it was all in Jessica's head? Oh, I, that's a good question. I think the movie leaves it up to interpretation. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Yeah, I think they're vampires. I, I, I'm team Jessica. I think she's right <laughs> the whole way. I think she's fine. <laughs> I don't think she's crazy. I think she's, maybe she's the only sane one around, but... Uh, I think I kind of landed on, yes, they're a vampire. Like, like everything happened. Yeah. Like, I think she killed her husband at the end. She definitely killed, killed her, her husband. husband. She de yeah. I, think so. I think she killed her husband. Oh, wait, I'm not even, why, I'm not even remembering this. What, what happens when at the end? When she gets in the boat at the end, she's trying to, like, escape, I guess, across the lake, and a hand oh. reaches up over the end, and she takes, like, some sort of, like, fish hook thing and just starts, like, going at it, and then he turns over, and it's Duncan. Yeah, it's her husband. Oh, it's her husband. Yeah. She, I, I think that she did accidentally kill him. Right. Because thinking right, that he was right. a threat. But then the question is, maybe he was a threat, because we don't know, because we don't actually know if they were. Right. Well, he was a vampire at that point, though, because he had been bitten. Was he? Oh, yeah. yes, he was. Right, yes, because there was that was. scene when Jessica made him sleep on the couch, because she was worried, and then Emily comes and seduces him, and then turns right. him into a vampire. But again, I'm not totally convinced that there were any real vampires in this. Here's an argument for vampires. Besides Emily, Jessica was the only other woman in the town. Mm -hmm. So she needed to get rid of her. Yeah, that was one depressing town. <laughs> yeah. It was a super but depressing town. She just eliminated all the all the other female threats that there had been. At, yeah. Yeah, you know, she's kind history. of the 
the queen vampire of this little town. But what if, what if it was all in Jessica's head and there were women, but she just didn't see them? Do you know what I mean? Like, what if, because we're oh, seeing, cause we're seeing everything from Jessica's perspective. And because we essentially, as the viewer, are Jessica. We don't know what's real, what's not. Right. We just got at out the of the mental of, institution. At the end of the movie, I also had a thought that was like, what if she's still in a psychiatric institution? Like, what if none of this happened? Right. The movie could have ended that way with yeah. her in the psych right. ward. And you'd yeah, be like, yeah. okay, this makes sense. But it yeah. didn't. Yeah. Right. Mm, I'm trying to remember. Does Jessica get bit by Emily in it or no? I don't think so. No, they do have a little bit of a queer moment in the lake, which is like, which affirms the theory that all vampires are queer. Because I and I stand (laughs) by that. I I stand by that. (laughs) But there is that scene at the end when when Jessica is in bed with Duncan and he's a vampire already, and Emily's all the all the old men are somehow in their room now. Yeah. Oh right, they're all like in on them. It looks like they're trying to like transform Jessica into a vampire, but I think she gets out in time. Yeah. Yeah. But what if that was all in her head? I I think it all happened. I think that town is still there. (laughs) (laughs) And don't fucking go there. (laughs) Is all of Connecticut like this, Robin? It was filmed in Connecticut, not too, too far from where I live right now. Yeah. If anyone lives in a big city, like if you live in New York, and you get some random offer to buy some house <laughs> in Connecticut that you can only get by driving your car onto a tiny boat. And then yeah. that, car, that boat drives you and your car <laughs> to this dinky town. It's just all old dudes. <laughs> just fucking get just the fuck out leave. of there. Leave. But also, cost of living, though, was probably a lot cheaper back then. Oh, I mean, I'm sure you, it was. you yeah. probably could have, you know, saved a little money from playing yeah. in the New York Philharmonic to, like, buy yeah. a house in Connecticut. Yeah, right, that, right. Yeah, I guess you're right. I guess. Yeah, <laughs> you guys are East Coast people. I guess when the only way you can get to a town is is by a boat that can take one car at a time, and everyone <laughs> there is a vampire. The one car houses are cheap. Houses are cheap. <laughs> yeah. So. I have a question, and maybe we already answered it, but I, I, my, my head one question: What is this movie about? I, I mean, I, I can make an argument that it's, it's about. It looks at gaslighting. It, it looks like, you know, you know, are, do people believe you and are your friends really your friends, you know, and, and, and what is the truth, you know? Yeah. I also think it's about mental illness, mm-hmm. relationships, and, and how mental illness affects relationships with, you know, loved ones and whatnot. The idea of, that she is a hysterical wife Mm -hmm. going Mm -hmm. into the institution and having to be supported by her husband and then them like them having to upend their whole life to support her and her kind of still dealing with that because they also never talk about what her if there was a trauma that brought her to this point like her backstory their whole backstory is just it starts right in the middle of it that her that her father died or passed away yeah and she was feeling really tired (laughs) that's the only mention that she makes i guess that means she's crazy (laughs) right and that's the thing said her dad died put her in a mental institution the hysterical wife thing i actually had a badge for this is the grin and bear it badge because jessica is smiling throughout almost the whole movie but it's this like pained like she's trying so hard to be really is chill and cool and make everyone happy and come off as like 
this, you know, nurturing wife, mother, whatever character when she's so struggling and she shouldn't have to do that. Yeah, you know? I think she feels really guilty that yes. she had a mental breakdown, which is messed up. Yeah, she's actually total. Yeah, she's very aware. Yeah, she's she's very aware. Yeah, you know. which also oh. lends to your argument that she's not crazy. Yep. Totally. <laughs> like. Oh, you guys, you guys really just changed my whole mind about this. I was like, she's not crazy. Everyone else around her is making her feel crazy. I don't know. Maybe we're saying this is a better movie than One Floor of the Cuckoo's Nest. You know, maybe this Ooh, is... Ooh, that's a big statement. Maybe this that's is... A... Uh, I, yeah, this I support is, that. Is, is <laughs> dealing with uh, psychology and, uh, you know, from, from, a, from a society and state level and government level and... You know, with psychology and how that's used against women to uh, yeah. try to disempower women. You yeah. Know? Now that you're saying that, uh, also sort of considering that it is titled Let's Scare Jessica to Death, like that whole title is just like gaslighting her and like kind of pranking her and putting aggressively, (laughs) aggressively, like putting her through something as opposed to sort of the other way where she's experienced things. Maybe that's the state of New York city and the state of Connecticut coming together to say, sorry, Jessica, you can't escape New York city's mental institution and go to another state and try to think you're a sane person. Yeah. We're going to beat you down and, label you as insane yeah i do think that there's an interesting subtext of sort of the the country versus the city and sort of oh you know the sort Mm -hmm. of city city madness making you um have to run away to the country right people think it's going to solve all their problems to leave new york city maybe the theme of this movie is don't move out of new york city (laughs) if you're in new york city just stay there as bad as it gets just fucking stay don't go um, Robin, you got to move out of Connecticut. <laughs> Clearly. <laughs> it's the most haunted place. Yeah, maybe it's just a just an absolute gaslight of Connecticut. Just just uh, just a condemnation of Connecticut. <laughs> don't move out of New York City and also don't move to Connecticut. <laughs> Bad things happen in Connecticut. <laughs> yeah, I think the moral of the story is if you buy a house, look at uh, it first. Yeah, look at it first. <laughs> And if someone says they've been living in there for ages, believe them. (laughs) Well, let's talk about another big issue, which both of you brought up earlier that we touched on a little bit that I didn't even realize. If these are vampires, and they're called vampires in in the movie by at least one of the characters, Mm -hmm. and as the two of you said, they're not bothered by daylight, this is a big issue that needs to be discussed. I mean... This is maybe a breed of vampires we've not been taught about that have no preference for day or night. Yeah, daywalkers. And, you know, blood drinkers that don't need fangs to do it. They'll just use kitchen utensils to do it. Yeah. You know, so they can blend in more with society. Uh, Now, depending if you're pro-vampire or anti-vampire, this can be... Uh, a big problem. Maybe this movie <laughs> deserves a badge for being a rule breaker. Maybe oh, yeah. Movie. Yes. And it makes it almost extra unsettling because yeah. now you don't know the rules anymore. <laughs> yeah, totally. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I will say there are absolutely no rules at all in this movie. I can't, like, yeah. it, 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 they kept presenting scenarios. I mean, is it a mole or is it a mouse? What's the truth? <laughs> right? <laughs> is it a vampire? Is it a human? What's the truth? 
<laughs> is she insane or is she sane? What's the truth? Who do you trust? Who? <laughs> I right. don't know. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> well, I trust you on the recommendation of this movie. I, yeah, I trust seriously. both of you. I trust both of you. <laughs> what if I turned around right now and I had a scar? <laughs> like after watching this movie it's like i'm gonna look at people's necks after watching this movie right it's yeah, like, yeah yeah it's like all right i want to make sure are they what's going on here yeah no. well yeah. judah thanks so much for coming on thank thanks for having what me a, always fun this was to awesome watch uh, a good movie and discuss it with good people yeah, what an excellent movie choice. Thank you so much for bringing this yeah, to us. Yeah, seriously. I thank you. Yeah, yeah, I was trying to, you know, think of a movie that that I mean, it I mean, I think it's a fairly well-known movie, but it's also a movie that's really not that well-known. So, so I was like, I'm trying to think of like, all right, what's a good movie, you know, a movie that I like that that we can discuss and maybe it hasn't been discussed a lot, you know, like, like I said, you know, I'm a, I'm a little out of the loop on things, but, uh, yeah, I hadn't seen it in a long time. It, it would it'd probably been 15 or so years since I'd seen it. And then I rewatched it about a week or two ago. You know? Yeah. I'm That's so good. So glad to have watched this movie. Yeah. And we'll definitely be telling other people about it. Say like on this awesome. podcast that we're cool. on right now. <laughs> yeah, right. Cool. Hey guys, if you haven't seen, let's hear Jessica to death. Seriously. Watch it. <laughs> Seriously. Watch it. Uh, again, Judah, thanks so much for coming on. Uh, is there, how do we find you on the internet? How do we find you in the world? Uh, with the pandemic, I've been doing shows online. Uh, one of these days I'll get back to, uh, touring and doing shows at venues, but I'm, I'm going to continue doing the shows online because one thing that's fun about the stand-up shows online is that people from all over the world can, can come together yeah, and, and cool. watch something. So you can, and I can even have other comics on the show who are, in other parts of the world. So so it's it's fun. So I'm not going to do them as often as I have been doing them during the pandemic, but I'm I'm still going to be doing them. Uh, you can hear about them on my website, judahfriedlander.com, or I post them on, I announce when the shows are on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, the shows are done on Zoom, but I have it in a way so the audience has the option of leaving their cameras on or their microphones on so they can interact with... Uh, interact with me and I can interact with them or you can watch it with your camera off and your microphone off and just and just watch it not partake in it so you can you have the choice and and all the shows are pay what you want they're all about 2 hours and I do about you know 1 to 3 of them a week That's fantastic. Awesome. Very cool. Check it out. We're is, really bad at ending the podcast. I know. It's all good. I think this is good. <laughs> right, is this where we end it? Jessica. 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 I'm in your blood. Jessica. Did this happen? Did any of this happen? <laughs> <laughs> Bunk 237, a horror movie podcast, starts yet when, and Robin Zlotnick is the final girls of Bunk 237. And introducing Alex Skoke as camp director Susan Check. The show is produced by me, Shane Segretti. Our theme song is written and performed by Dan Zlotnick, and our outro music is written and performed by Axe Slasher. You can rate and review us on Apple Podcasts, and it may be featured on an upcoming episode. Have a badge of your own for this movie? Follow us on Instagram at bunk237pod and Twitter at bunk237, and let us know. If you haven't already, please subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever podcasts are downloaded.